Namaste and welcome to Divine Talk Radio. Heal, empower, and awaken with your hosts from the Divine Lineage Healing Center in Laytonville, California. This is Cindy Lindsay Rael for Divine Lineage. You can read more about Divine Lineage on the web at divinelineage.org or follow us here to hear about upcoming episodes. In the last episode, part one of this short series on handling criticism, we discussed how handling criticism requires handling ego, and that handling ego is a main aspect of spiritual approaches to enlightenment. Thus, handling criticism is a key learning experience in which we can practice egolessness and advance our souls. But in this episode, we want to talk about how do we do that and get sort of very clear on what to do. Let's start with releasing ego. In the Bhagavad Gita, there are quite a few hints on how to release ego. So according to the Bhagavad Gita, the ego is an aspect of the divisions of the lower nature of us. It's part of our physical reality. It's part of our interaction with and attachment to this illusion. Well, egolessness is the knower experiencing itself as part of a field of pure consciousness. Now, that's one heck of a great definition right there. Egolessness is the knower, there's still an I of some sort there, experiencing itself as part, not as interwoven with, as interconnected in, as, as melded into, let's think of, a field of pure consciousness. Wow, I, I want to get there. But the solutions here are practices that help us to release our attachments to the illusion and and attain some experience of that pure consciousness. That makes sense, given the definitions here. So in general, the suggestions from the Bhagavad Gita are that we have to resolve and know and experience that a number of things here. First would be that we're not the doer. We are not the actor we think we are. We are not the personality we think we are. We are parts or particles of God acting towards self-awareness. But we are not the doer. God is the doer through us. We are the instruments in the hands of God. The second thing we have to figure out is that there is something bigger than this limited I that there is a true or universal I that is the true nature of ourselves, which includes knowing that we are part of all things, all people, of God and Mother Divine. Third, we have to learn to surrender to that, to drop the small I as our way of handling our world, and instead understand that this is a play of God, that we are part of God playing here to understand the truth of ourselves. And we have to learn the lessons that we find in that play for our souls to advance. 
when one develops the discernment between the true self, the large I, and the limited self, the ego, the ego itself takes a back seat and lets the true self become the center of one's life, the center of one's choices, the center of one's actions. And that is a state of egolessness, as well as a pure state of spiritual self-awareness. Now, at the same time, when we were talking in the last episode, we recognized that part of the dysfunctions of ego have to do with low self-esteem or lack of self-love. And so this egolessness has to be accompanied by some kind of experience of love. And that's exactly what it's accompanied by. That true state of spiritual awareness is a state of the universal energetic of bliss, of love, in which we are flowing, in which we are enveloped. And this is ultimately experienced in the silence. In the state of meditation in which the small I disappears, and what is experienced is the universal I, and that it's known. And then we have that definition of egolessness, where the knower is experiencing itself as part of a field of pure consciousness. Now, I've mentioned many times before in Soul, on Soul Talk here that there was a course from Divine Lineage called Who Am I?, which explores how to get to that state in meditation. and it, It's just such a valuable resource. I highly recommend it. But I believe that Shirdi Sai Baba also gave us a pathway to egolessness that includes love in the process. Satya, Dharma, Shanti, Prema. Shirdi Sai Baba left four flames buried under his samadhi, each one representing one of these states of consciousness that are our pathway to egolessness, that are our pathway, pathway to that universal I. So let's go over those for a moment. Satya means truth, but it means knowing the truth of God and of that universal I. I learned this Satya Dharma Shanti Prema from from. Sri Kaleshwar. Shirdi Sai Baba was his mentor and teacher, and I learned from Sri Kaleshwar. He said, whenever you sacrifice, whenever you offer your soul to the Almighty, with pure open heart, of course the Almighty will accept you. Incredible, amazing, genius energy will start to flow in you. Whenever the energy is flowing, Then you can taste that nectar of that energy. Then you can feel it. That's a part of satya. So the truth we're looking for is that state. Is that state of the universal I. Is that state of an incredible flowing nectar of energy. Dharma, or right action, is action not as a doer and not attracted or attached to the fruits of action. Now, Sri Kaleshwar taught 
that the energy of sacha would lead to dharma, to right action. He said that energy, meaning the energy of sacha, will make you do your duties in a proper way, and that's called dharma. Then shanti, the inner peace, the bliss, well, those are clearly part of that state of that nectar of energy of sacha. No question about that. But they are also outcomes of dharma acted from satya. Sri Kaleshwar's statement, whenever doing, you're doing your duties perfectly, you get automatically inner bliss. That is called shanti. Then finally, prema. Satya, dharma, shanti, prema. Prema is divine love. And from engaging in dharma, from the place of satya, that not only brings shanti, that inner peace, it brings a reflection from the illusion and from the nature that leads to the experience of prema, or love. Sri Kaleshwar's example here was, whenever you did your works, after you got satisfaction, again the reflection back, the affection, that reflection back is so happy that you receive the prema. Satya, dharma, shanti, prema. When we're doing good works in the world, from the place of the truth of ourselves and of all things, not only does it bring us an inner pleaser bliss, but it brings that to other people, and they reflect back a, an appreciation for that, a love. It brings back a reflection just from the nature itself. Putting something good out into the world brings back a positive reflection, and that reflection is an experience of love, of appreciation, of gratitude, of grace. Satya, dharma, shanti, prema. So here we are, offered a pathway through using these mechanisms as a way to release the ego and attain that enlightenment in a state of love. You start with satya. Then you take your actions from there, and the rest follows. For a beautiful mantra approach to attaining these inner states of consciousness, of satya, dharma, shanti, and prema, um, there is a Kaleshwar transcript, and I will note that in the notes underneath this episode so that you can look it up if you're interested in that. So how do we incorporate all of this into our responses to where the rubber meets the road there, into our responses to criticism? Okay, let's get practical. First, stop your first reactions of ego. If your first reaction is to lash back at the person giving the criticism or to become defensive or to go deer in the headlights, take a minute before reacting at all. Take a deep breath. Give it a moment. Clear your inner state through breath. If you need to go out and decharge that, there we did a whole soul talk on decharge. If you need to go out and decharge that energies before you respond, do it. Take your moment to really receive this in a beautiful way. 
detach from your inner lower eye and your wounded or hurt reactions and try to adopt a first reaction of giving the benefit of the doubt and compassion. As the Dalai Lama said, the foundation of Buddha's teaching lies in compassion. And the reason for practicing the teachings is to wipe out the persistence of ego, the number one enemy of compassion. So if we can just get our states to ourselves to some state of compassion, we're automatically starting to release that ego stance as our response. Second, don't take it personally. Take it sporty, don't take it personally. Now, taking it personally is the lower I. It is understanding everything as about the illusion of self. Not taking it personally recognizes that this is a play of the illusion. It's a play of illusion on us to show us how we can transcend that small I and find and be the universal I in our lives. Further, because it's an illusion play, sometimes what other people see in us is not even fully about us. It is us as seen through their filter of their own reality, their issues, their blocks, their desires, their attachments to the illusion. So when someone criticizes you, they're really saying, this is my perception. This is my feeling. Now, that doesn't mean that every negative observation of you is not worth hearing. Quite the contrary. But what it does mean is that you need to take it not personally. This is not fully about you. Instead, this is a part of an interactive engagement between you and the other, between you and the other's issues and perceptions, and between you and the illusion itself trying to bring something to your attention. So honor their feelings with that compassion. Honor their perceptions and commit to truly considering their input. Compassion, truly listening, and truly trying to understand the stance of the other is a great healer of that interactive space of human beings in the illusion. Next, give thanks to the critics. Even if someone is harsh or rude, thank them. They may be having a bad day, or maybe they're just a negative person in general, but even so, your attitude of gratitude will probably catch them off guard and help to diffuse that whatever their own reactions are within that statement, an attitude of gratitude will help. Further, gratitude is one of those bridging states of consciousness. Like forgiveness, it allows us to let go of our illusion attachments and focus into our loving heart. And it also helps others to do the same. So if we can get to that place of simply, purely, honestly saying, thank you, I, I will take a look at that. I never saw that before. That can go a long way. Not only for the other person, but for ourselves really stopping and taking a moment to thank you, Mother, as Sri Kaleshwar put it. Next, we have to turn the negative into a positive. We have to see it as an opportunity to improve. 
you know, without constant improvement, we're just sitting still. Improvement is a good thing. It's a positive thing in and of itself. And everything that comes our way is for the benefit of our souls. We're in this huge illusion with that's the entire play on us. And even if it's just the lesson of how to be kind and graceful to a person in the face of negativity, that's a beautiful and amazing divine lesson in and of itself. To have compassion for others, to be beautiful and kind with others, even in a negative moment. But I would suggest that you also ask yourself, what, what part of the criticism is useful here? What part of this is my soul lesson? And to help you do that, why not, when you find that piece, put it into your own words and reflect on it in your own experience. So it's no longer somebody else coming at you with that, but that's you saying, you know, I feel I want to take a look at this. And do it in your own words so that you can see that and feel that and pay attention to that. So once we do that, obviously the next step is that we have to learn from the criticism and apply what we learn. And most behavioral scientists that have you set and implement goals for yourself. But I would say go into your meditations with it. Take it to a divine soul. Ask for help. Ask for guidance. Ask for the state of the universal I to guide you to the states of self that are beyond whatever this issue is that you're trying to learn, to help you see it, to help you know it from a different perspective, to help you transcend it. So, okay, set and implement some goals for yourself, but take it into your meditation. Hand it over to a divine soul. Stare in their eyes in a picture and feel their help and their love guiding you through. These divine souls were human beings too, and they know the way. Let them guide you. And finally, be the better person. But I mean be the better person in you. Not just be the better person, okay, they're all negative and everything, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, take the high road. Yes, take the high road, no question about it. But be the better person in you. You win your karma by being your highest self no matter what. So, so be that. Act from the truth of you. The truth that you are a divine soul in the making. The truth that you have a loving heart. The truth of you, that you are a part of God and Mother Divine. The truth of you, that you are a divine soul energy of greatness. Know the satya, the truth, of your own soul nature as love, as God, as Mother Divine, as part of a great oneness of bliss. Then act in right action, dharma. Be kind, gracious, compassionate. Consider considerate of the other person's feelings for the sake of being that. Not to attach to the outcomes of having done that, not to manipulate the other, not to get a good outcome here, because that takes us back to ego, doesn't it? No, act in right action for the sake of being kind, for the sake of being compassionate, 
for the sake of being considerate and gracious. And then finally, learn from the criticism and be your best. This is Cindy Lindsay Rael for Divine Lineage. You have been listening to Divine Talk Radio. Heal, empower, and awaken. With your hosts from the Divine Lineage Healing Center in Laytonville, California. Namaste. Namaste.